to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Vladdy Jr. against the Nationals on Tuesday night. Man had three home runs, seven RBIs. Kid was on fire. Just hitting balls straight out of the park. I did check out those highlights. I'm excited to talk to my grandma, actually, Matt, because for Mother's Day, all the cousins got together and we got a special video of the Blue Jays announcer saying hi to our grandma and wishing her happy Mother's Day. So pretty excited about that. Man, that's awesome. Uh, Did you guys use that app? Uh, I don't know. My cousin did it and I just sent money and then saw the video. So I'm sure there was an app that was used. Yeah, definitely. There's I forget what the name of the app is, but you can get famous people to like say things for, for money. And so they might have just yep. done that. That's so nice, man. Also, Vladdy Jr. becoming, like, I think the second player ever to hit three grand slams before his 21st birthday. Dude, we got he's, a dope team. He's a stud. The team's looking good. I'm always hoping that they'll do well for my grandma. Go Blue Jays, Matt. Exactly, man. But we're going to bring it to the ice because that's where we always start with this thing, man. COVID was pretty light this week. Uh, there's only three players on it, so pretty good. Detroit, Adam Ernie, New Jersey, uh, Jonas Seigenhopler. I have no idea how to well, say that. Well done. I'll give you credit <laughs> for that one. <laughs> and PK Subban. You know I'm going to nail that one. <laughs> I mean, you better nail that one. The amount of years you've been following that man. Man, I've been following his Instagram. He looks like he's doing better. I appreciate that. He looks like he's getting up and moving around. Uh, but, you know, it can be a really scary thing, so... Uh, glad to see, glad to see him back on his feet. I saw that initial video he posted where he was like, "Yeah, COVID's just destroying me right now." So yeah, glad to hear that he's doing better. Man, there was a Minnesota Wild prospect, the guy who was just drafted, uh, that they just drafted in the first round last year. He got it, and he was saying his name's uh, Marco Rossi. He was saying that when he would go to bed, he was so scared that he wouldn't wake up in the morning. That's how Man. he felt. I can't imagine. Yeah, that, Matt, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's a very scary disease. Want to stay away from it. Um, Do you know what else is really scary? The numbers that Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are putting up. These boys, man. These boys. You were saying it earlier, Matt. McDavid's listening to us. He's going for it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think he's pissed off that I said that he wouldn't get to 100 points. (laughs) But he only needs 16 in nine games now. So that's basically the pace that he's going on. If he hits 156 games... That would just be insanity in today's NHL. Almost as insane as Austin Matthews getting 40 goals in 56 games. Like, that's wild. The kid scored an unreal goal last night against my Montreal Canadiens. Got some luck, but pure hand-eye coordination. And, you know, we were talking about it before. The best players in the world put themselves in a place to succeed and then execute. I mean, that's it, right? Look at Sidney Crosby all the way back winning that gold medal for Canada. Sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time, but have the skills to make it happen at the end of the day. Yeah, man. And uh, that guy that he scored the golden goal on, who was having the tournament of his life and probably was the best goalie that year in the entire world, announced his retirement today, man. Ryan Miller. you going to tell us your one Ryan Miller story? <laughs> like I do every single time. Yeah. 19 years this man's played in the league. You were saying, Matt, he's the winningest goalie in U.S. history? American goalie, yeah. 390 wins. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so my one fun Ryan Miller story is my dad and my brother are on some ski trip in the States, and they're in in the airport. My dad's texting me, and he's like, yo, there's some famous guy beside us. I don't know who he is. He's like super skinny, but like everyone's obsessed with him. And he sends me this picture, and I'm like, 
I have no idea who this is, and then I figure he's a hockey player, and I, I laugh about it. But yeah, Ryan Miller retired. Hope he has a good retirement. Yeah, man, he's retiring at the end of the season, so he still might get in a few more games, still add to that win total. But he is getting on the back end of his career and, and pushing it. So sad that he'll never win a cup or a, an Olympic gold medal because we took that away from him. The guy had a stellar career, um, so can only say good things about him. Even though he did have some funny moments in his career calling people jerks, and if you look at Brian Miller, he had a bit of a temper, so... Uh, I'm sure some guys are happy to see him out of the league. Yep. It's the end of an era, though, for a guy. Like, it's crazy to think of spending 19 years in a professional sports league and then all of a sudden it being done. Like, what do you even do with your life at that point? Yeah, man. That's what all these athletes face when they have to retire, when they their bodies start to break down and they, they're starting to get too old. they got to look themselves in the mirror and decide. I mean, my boy Andrew Shaw also retired this week. I don't know if you saw that. He had concussion issues. He retired at the age of 29. The guy's got two Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he got traded back to Chicago uh, last year, so he was really thankful to get to retire as a Blackhawk. But, you know, when, you, when you've when you got issues, he even said it in his press release. I've got to be more worried about my future with my family. So he just steps away from the game. It's a tough decision to make, and he's he said it's probably the first time that he's ever listened to doctors in his entire life, but... It was definitely the sound decision to make. Well, eventually we all hit that point, right? Our bodies start to degrade. Matt, I'm 27 now. Wait, no, I'm 26. I'm turning 27 on Monday. Yeah, even you are. Me after a, uh, I know, right? But even me, after a hard day of skiing, I'm like, oh, my knees kind of hurt. My back is in a little bit of pain. Like, we all get there eventually, Matt. And it's sad when those days start to come. Yeah, man, super sad. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got some U18 kids playing right now for Team Canada who have been able to put on a show. A little weird that the U18 men's tournament's able to play while the women's international term tournament isn't, but that's a different story that we don't necessarily need to get into. I want to talk about that U18 team for Canada because it is stacked. I mean, they beat Sweden 12-1, followed up with a 4-1 win over Latvia. This, these two kids who are going to be the next two first overall picks, not this year's draft, but the next two, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard, these kids are studs. They look like they've got so much superstar power between the two of them. It's going to make up for the lack of star power in this draft. Four of the top five players in this year are slated to be defensemen. Owen Powers, Luke Hughes, um, Dylan Gunter, and Matthew uh, Beignet. They're both they're the four four of the top five picks um, slated for this entry draft. Doesn't look like it's going to be a, a really impactful one, but this is where you get get your guys in the middle of the rounds, uh, later rounds. So you never know. NHL's always sleepers, right? Exactly, man. It's a sleeper draft, so it's probably a good thing that Montreal won't be drafting just outside the top ten because they suck. Oh, I feel. I feel bad for you because we were having a chat, you know, last week about, you know, they had this big, important series against Calgary, these big three games. And I was like, they just got to get that first win and it'll go well for them. And then I saw them take an L and I was like, oh, no, here we go. This is this is where it goes downhill. But uh, they got one win at least, right, Matt? Yeah, man. I mean, they only really needed one of the three wins to kind of push the lead over Calgary to a sufficient amount. And by all predictions and, and statist statistical measures, they're likely to make the playoffs. I think they shouldn't, though. They have just been 
so bad since Brendan Gallagher has gone down. And they've been bad most of April. I mean, I've got a list here of six different guys from Druin, who's got 10 points in 25 since his last goal in February 23rd. The guy hasn't scored in so long. I mean, I hate to pick on him because he, he did step away for personal reasons. So wish him all the best and hopefully he's okay and can deal with whatever he's dealing with. But that's not going to cut it when you're getting paid $5.5 million a year, man. Yeah, definitely not. Not with that money. But Matt, it's looking interesting. The Canadians, you're saying it. They've got that little bit of lead on the Flames. Talk about the Canucks. Are they making any stride up the table or are they kind of just in purgatory? Honestly, man, everyone's talking about the Flames being the, the one team that could catch Montreal. But if you look at the standings, Vancouver has more than enough games in hand to catch Montreal and they could do it. The only issue is they just lost three straight games to Ottawa. So they're not doing themselves any favors. No, definitely not. Well, Matt, at least there's still kind of a race in that North division because you were telling me everywhere else is kind of finished at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, the top three teams in the central are already decided. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Dallas or Nashville. Um, since last week, Nashville's put on a little bit of a, a better cushion. They're still only two points up with uh, two games behind. Uh, they played two extra games. And St. Louis is probably going to make the playoffs out there. I mean, they're at three points ahead of Arizona with three games in hand. At least the East division is really interesting. But again, I think New York's not going to be able to catch Boston for that final playoff spot. They're pretty much set and ready to go. And that's kind of the way it should be with like seven, eight games left for most teams. So does that mean that next week or even the following week, Matt, you're going to start bringing me your predictions? You're going to start telling me who's going to fall and who's going to rise in the playoffs to come? Oh, man. Next week, I am full out making my playoff predictions. I'll tell you who's going to win. I look forward to it, Matt. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think that's enough for the NHL. I mean, unless you want to hear me complain more about Mark Bergevin and the crap job that he's done over the nine years as general manager. He's got no first-round picks making impactful plays for the Montreal Canadiens at this point. And it's been nine years. Guy's got to go. That whole front office need need to change it. Sometimes you need a, you need that little change up, right? And at the end of the day, those are the guys who makes the decisions and the players on the ice can only work with what they've been given. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's time. Definitely time, man. Do you know what else it's time for? B-ball time. Okay, before we go to B-ball, I do want to mention that the NFL draft is happening tonight. We're, we'll come back next week to mention it, but congrats to all those young dudes that are about to make it in the league. Yeah, man. Congrats to Trevor Lawrence on being the first overall draft pick. That's almost a lock. And to the team that drafts Justin Fields, you are going to be so happy you did. This kid, for some reason, is one of the top players in all of college football at the quarterback position all year at Ohio State and is not the second overall pick guaranteed. I watched the Elite 11 when he was in high school with Trevor Lawrence, and he beat Trevor Lawrence out in that competition. Draft Justin Fields, guys. Stop overthinking it. You heard it here first. Matt, who is usually wrong, except for in football. He's, he's pretty good about football unless he's going against Tom Brady. You heard it here first. Draft that man. Draft him now. All right, all right. We shall move to the hardwood now. COVID easy this week. Two new players test positive. We have a report from Adam Silver that over 70% of players have received their first vaccination shot. 
So that's pretty exciting, you know, with the amount of fans that are starting to be in the buildings, you know, getting a little bit more freedom for these players and bringing a little bit back to normality will be really awesome to see in the future. Yeah, man, definitely. 70% vaccinated. That's awesome. I even heard a report that U.S. citizens who are vaccinated don't even have to wear masks anymore outside. Lucky them. There's there's definitely a lot of information coming out right now when we all start getting vaccinated, when we're outside and spread out, it's definitely safe inside and close quarters. It still will not be safe yet. So it is important that people read the information as we get back to some normality. But yeah, it's pretty exciting, Matt, that we're getting there. Yeah, it's been a long time coming and I can't wait for it. Oh, buddy. It's, it's going to be beautiful. Allison's trying to convince me to get on a plane, Matt, to come out when we visit you this summer. So uh, I might be around for more days than expected. Hey, so, nice. So, but that's that's a work in progress. We'll talk about that later. Let's move on. Stick to basketball. Injuries this week, pretty simple. The big one is John Wall. He's got that right hamstring strain. He's done for the season, although the Rockets have been done their season for a while now. Yeah, man. They've definitely faded for Cade. I think uh, maybe 30 games into the season. So they've definitely got the best shot at him. Uh, we'll see if he makes a difference for that team or even, even if the ping pong balls fall their way. But yeah, poor John Wallman. He's not the, the old player that he was. And he's just so injury riddled at this point. That contract is so brutal. I feel it's so bad. So bad for Houston to take that on, especially watching Russell Westbrook do what Russell Westbrook is doing. Oh, man, we're going to have to get to Russell later when we're not talking about injuries because he has had a season. But yeah, unfortunate for John Wall. You know, he had a decent season. You know, he was playing well, but obviously the team was in a tough spot. And being done for the season, it'll just mean the Rockets can only tank more. So it's good for them. The other main injury, our boy Chris Boucher. He's got a sprained left MCL. There's no timetable for his return. If this is not fade for Cade for Raptors time, I don't know what is because missing Boucher has been painful at times. Yeah, man. I mean, he was our best center for the majority of the season. And the guy was in six man of the year conversation until we had to start starting him because he was our only startable center. (laughs) So true. Now, Kembridge has been playing well for us. We are definitely going to be talking about him later, but it's tough. When, you know, Boucher was coming into his own, he was starting to accept that starting role. You know, with Norm being moved, it was like, okay, you're moving up on that tier of, you know, rotation guys of being more and more important. And then MCL tear and, you know, season. We don't know when he's going to return or if it's going to be important. Like, we might be done. We've only got, like, 10 games left. So it's sad for Boucher, but it is what it is. Hey, man, bring him back next year. And, uh, you know, I honestly think that the current rotation and lineup that we have right now if we had it from the beginning of the season, we'd probably be a little better off than we are right now. Don't know if I if I want that because it's just <laughs> purgatory, but let's get me some fade for Cade. No doubt we would be better, but that's the thing, right? We bring a draft pick in, we make some things happen. Who knows, maybe DeMar comes back as we were joking about earlier. Anything's possible with this offseason, but we'll get to wraps later. The last thing before we go into performances from last week, I do want to mention... Um, a Kentucky guard, Terrence Clark, was in a car crash last week. Uh, unfortunately, he had passed away. He had declared for the draft early in February, and it is just a shame to see another young life snuffed out early. Yeah, man, that's just tough. That's a really sad thing to see. Uh, don't don't have much to say about it, unfortunately. Nope. 
of of course not, but I had to bring it up just to mention it. You know, obviously our thoughts go out to their family. Now, Matt, let's talk about last week because some of these teams are making pushes. Some of these players are having outstanding performances, and it's really time for the playoffs, Matt. We're it's around the corner, dude. Dude, it is so close. I can taste it. This is our third last episode before the playoffs start, so it's getting there, man. Let's start with the team that's been climbing those standings, the Boston Celtics, man. They got a huge win against one of the better teams in the West, the Phoenix Suns. Big win for Boston? Very big win. Now, this is probably the only time I think we're going to talk about Boston of these performances, but they had some really important wins this week against some tough teams to give them some confidence because they were on a slide. And Phoenix, man, Phoenix is, I mean, you're, I'm going to talk about them later, but they're looking tough right now. CP3, MVP candidate, though he's not going to get it. But yeah, big win for Boston. I mean, Kemba has 32 points, which we need from him if you're a Boston fan, right? So very important win. You know, I, I think it was Paul Pierce who said it earlier this year that Kemba Walker is actually their most important player. He's not their best player. That goes to Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's probably second. But when Kemba Walker is playing in an efficient manner like he did against Phoenix, that team is very, very scary. I mean, when you have you don't have Jalen Brown because he's out with a shoulder injury, and you got Jason or Jason Tatum only dropping 15, 11, and 6 on 3 of 17 shooting, and Ouch. you still get the win? Impressive, man. Very impressive for Kemba Walker. It's important for him, right? Because he is that that piece that they're looking for. I think about the Celtics and how they kind of built their team with these young stars. And, you know, it came from that initial point guard. You remember all those years ago when, when short guy, when short King Isaiah Thomas was ruling it. And then they made the trade for Kyrie and then Kyrie wasn't working out. So they got, you know, they got Kemba. And so like the Celtics need that point guard to run the show, to let the kids around them go off and be who they want to be. And that's why you're right. And Kemba is the most important player for this team. And, Time will tell if Boston is going to be a contender or a pretender in this year's playoffs. Yeah, man. I mean, they're looking at a first-round matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think kind of favors them a little bit. They do well against Milwaukee, but who knows? They might climb into that that uh, fifth seed and play the Knicks. That'd be a fun series, Knicks versus Celtics. I mean, heck, even the Hornets have been playing well and come up there like anything is possible. That's the beauty of the ace of the East right now. But yeah, Knicks and Celtics would be a super fun story to watch. Definitely, man. And a story that we might see play out in the conference finals out in the East, Milwaukee versus Philadelphia that night. I mean, Giannis showing everyone why Embiid can't be the MVP. If Giannis is the back-to-back MVP and disqualified from this year, he showed Embiid how it's done. 27, 16, and 6 on 8 of 15 field goal attempts. He just took Embiid to task, man. Yeah, it was definitely a performance of a past MVP showing why he won those awards. But Matt, looking at this box score, like the team around Giannis was really putting in work. Lopez had 16, Holiday had 12 with 11 assists, Middleton had 24, Bobby Portis, who I just picked up in fantasy this week, my boy had 23 points. On 9 for 11 off the bench, like, the team is starting to figure it around, you know, Giannis, and you mentioned, you know, an interesting matchup against the Celtics, they might have a chance, but, man, the third year that Giannis is trying to go through with a very strong team, I'd be scared to face them this year. Yeah, man, they're not the number one seed this year, 
Uh, Giannis may have been holding a little bit back during the regular season, taking a page out of LeBron James's book. Uh, we'll see, man. They're very scary, but you're right. He did have some help, and uh, Simmons was out, so I'll give it to you. I mean, they didn't get back-to-back wins, but they stomped them in the second one because Embiid and Simmons were out in that one. That's Philadelphia, right? Unfortunately, when you're missing Embiid and Simmons, Harris, Curry... Not enough. Why, like, they just don't have enough sometimes, unfortunately. So I'm really interested. It's why at the beginning of the season, I didn't believe in Philly and had them much lower than I should have. But they're here to stay for these playoffs. And the top of the East is getting real spicy, man. Yeah, man. Another top of the team uh, tier team in the East. I mean, Brooklyn beat Boston without Durant and Harden just on the back of Kyrie Irving, who didn't even have a fantastic game. I mean, 15, 9, 11, and they still beat Jason Tatum's 38, 10, and 4. Not bad. I mean, it's a it's an impressive win for the Nets, who are really, really trying their best. Kyrie's been holding them up, considering the injuries to Harden and, and Durant throughout the season. But this, was a, this would have been a very important win for Boston. Unfortunately, they just couldn't pull it through in the end. No, man. Unfortunately, they could not. Um, good game out. West was the Memphis Portland game. That was a nail biter where John Morant, man, he's starting to really turn it on at the back half of the season, making that playoff push, really holding on to that eight seed. I've been really appreciating the fantasy points he's been putting up for me, but you know, this was a battle of two teams that are really in the fight for the bottom of that Western playoff race. You know, the Grizzlies are only a couple games behind the Trailblazers, and you know, considering the Blazers have not looked great recently you know their hold on the seventh in the west is is not secure at this point in time no man not secure at all um norm hasn't really fit in kind of the way that they wanted him he's been playing okay but he's not been that extra level scorer that they needed um yeah they're looking shaky out in portland man and memphis got a really good win on the back of jaw jj and dylan brooks um, man, to bring up Powell again, like I sometimes feel sad for Powell when I watch him in those games where he gets to drive to the basket, have his big moments, but then the amount of times I see him in Portland just like sitting in the corner waiting for the ball and he's just not a part of the offense, it makes me sad to see it, you know. And I and I hope that you know the the playoffs will give him the opportunity to shine more for this team if they can actually stay in that race, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, they'll definitely make the play in tournament, but. <laughs> it'd be pretty sad for him considering they wanted to go pretty deep in the in the western conference playoffs with him so uh, dang man what about your boy westbrook on this night 37 11 11 putting up numbers man is so good at basketball kevin um 14 of 23 from the field three of four from deep what shooting struggles what shooting struggles the man has averaged a triple double over his last 396 games. That dates all the way back to 2015. That's a six-year stretch, my friend. He is so good. He is now six triple-doubles away from the all-time record that Oscar Robertson set, which is 182 triple-doubles. Like, Russ is absolutely having an amazing end of the season. I hope the Wizards make their way into the playoffs and he gets to show up. I want to see... Um, you know, KD versus Russell. I want to see that matchup in the first round because I think it would be so much fun. 
Yeah, man. It would be a great time. And you know, you know Westbrook wants to take it to him. And he'll steal a game. Like, as much as the Nets are such a strong team with so much capabilities, when it comes to the playoffs time, with Russell playing the way that he is and putting up the numbers that he has, it, it might be a 4-1 series, but it would be such an entertaining 4-1 series, you know? Yeah, man, I could see it being really tight with uh, Westbrook and Beal. I mean, those are two superstars that you don't want to see come playoff time. That is for sure. All right, shall we move on to Saturday? Talk about our boy Damar putting in work, step back mid-range, step back mid-range, doing the things that he does all day? Man, you know what? This game was super tightly contested, but it it shows the renaissance season that Damar is having. Not that he ever really was down. The guy just is a mid-range machine. Absolute killer. If he played back when Michael Jordan's era was still relevant and the three-point line didn't matter as much, he would be up there with the likes of a guy like Michael Jordan. Because New Orleans stormed back at the end of the game there to take their lead, which... I thought they were going to win, but then DeMar's like, yo, give me the ball. I'm going to just do a tough fall away here, tough step back here, tough fade here. Oh, oh, two points. Yeah, hit it for mid-range. Guy's a machine. I love it. I mean, he is the continuation of the Jordan line, right? I mean, Jordan was the predecessor to Kobe, and DeMar grew up idolizing Kobe, so you're right, you know, put him into the league 20, 30 years ago, and it would be a different world for DeMar, I mean, there's a reason he has, I'm pretty sure DeMar is still the all-time leading Raptors scorer, right? Yes, yes he is. There's a reason, because of all of the ways that he can score inside that circle, so, you know, big win for San Antonio, who is really trying to stay in this playoff race, I think they've got it, honestly, with New Orleans as far back as they are, you know, and a win like this, I think San Antonio is going to at least be in the play-in, but will they go far? Who knows? Yeah, man, that's going to be a tough play-in between uh, San Antonio and Golden State, Memphis and Portland. Jeez, and Dallas is right there on top. Luka's just striving to keep them out of it, eh? Oh, it's, that's, it's crazy. Looking at the teams at the bottom and, you know, I don't want to say the Lakers might fall because they really won't and they shouldn't, but if they fall too, like the the teams that are on the other end of it, you know, Pelicans, Mavericks, Lakers, as the teams that are currently outside but could potentially be in, man, that's a scary West play-in tournament that I would not want to be involved in. Yeah, man. I would not want to have to play Steph Curry and those Golden State Warriors, especially when he's on the kind of tear that he's on. The guy dropped 37-7-4 on Sunday he just he is just the whole team man. Sacramento sorry you had to play Steph Curry because Steph Curry just wipes you away yeah, I'm pretty sure that he uh he finished his his record for threes in a month right then he set up like 80 or 85 or something plus with that game so yeah Steph Curry on a tear putting in work unfortunately the Kings are are so far back now that they're not Fully eliminated, but they're basically eliminated at this point. And Chef Curry just putting in work on a team that does not belong. That's for sure. Oh, man, especially when they don't have Fox in the lineup. I feel really bad for them. It had a good team effort with Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and Tyrese Halliburton. But still, Steph Curry, man. And 
Dre. Dre adding the 8, 14, and 13. He was two points shy of the triple-double. That's that's classic Draymond right there. Well, exactly. When when they're succeeding, you know? I mean, I was thinking back of their earlier days of when they were a dynasty pre-KD, and as much as Clay was the shooter in the backcourt and Iguodala was doing what Iguodala was doing, like, Draymond was the rock of that team, and putting in those triple-double-esque performances is where those, you know, crazy wins come from, so... That's why you're not surprised to see a scoreline like that when Curry's going off. Yeah, man. Oh, you know who else went off that night? Bogdan Bogdanovich for Atlanta, man. He took that undermanned team missing Cam Reddish, Daniil Hunter, Trey Young, and Chris Dunn, and he beat the fully loaded Bucks, man. Finally. (laughs) Finally? What do you mean? Well, like, okay, so Bogdanovich has not been great for Atlanta throughout this season. They wanted him to come in and be more than he was supposed to be. And obviously, you know, multiple reasons here or there, but having a win like this is big for him. You know, Lou Will has been really good going back to Atlanta City and getting those lemon pepper wings. Like, you know, Gallinari is in a weird place. Like, this is such a weird team, Matt. And that's why I say that, you know, they're finally getting big wins like this. I love to see it. They're sitting fifth in the East, which is crazy. I mean, it is the East, though, right? But yeah, I have hope for this Atlanta team, Matt. I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see Trey Young going off. But do they have enough to actually compete is the real question. Atlanta, probably not, man. Just they need a, They need a few years. They need to get healthy. And they probably need a player like CP3 coming over uh, to straighten that team out like it did for Phoenix. Because... He's in that MVP conversation, getting them MVP chance last night, and he, it's very deserved. That is for sure. All right, shall we move on to Monday? Yeah, buddy. That massive game between San Antonio and Washington, almost 300 points between the two teams. Wild, Matt. Dude, what was this, an all-star game? Like, <laughs> insane scoring. DeMar dropping 37 points. With no three-point attempts. Again, mid-range master. Beal, unfortunately, dropping his record to 7-21 and 21 in games that he scores 40-plus. Dropping oh 45. Yikes! Oh, How do you think he feels, man, about that? Man, he, he lies awake at night, thinking about it occasionally, you know. Because it's... A combination of it is mostly just his team. Unfortunately, taking L's when he just couldn't put up that little bit more that he needed to do. But uh, I got to say, shout out to this Washington team who was 8-0 and going into this game. Uh, completely unexpected. They're currently on a tear sitting 9-1. and Like, Westbrook, man. Westbrook, Westbrook, Westbrook. What else do I say? Yeah, man. 22-13-14 is ridiculous. I like DeJounte Murray's game, too, with 25-17-5. Um, he provided enough of a Robin to DeMar's Batman just to seal it for them. Gotta love San Antonio staying in that playoff race. Greg Popovich, man, he is one heck of a coach. Probably the best coach in NBA history. Probably. There's definitely, you know, some of the older dudes from before our time that we could put up, but at least in the time that I've seen the NBA, Popovich stands above all the rest so far. Yeah, man. Bar none. In my my opinion, my views, what I've seen, it's Greg Popovich. All right, moving on. A very big win for a team that is eliminated but still trying to have a good season and have some positivity for their young guns. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves, 105-104 over the Utah Jazz. Massive win, massive blunder to end that game, Matt. It was wild. I can't believe what happened. Dude, that is so jokes that Gobert runs out to cover Cat, who's already covered, and just lets D'Lo in for the nice, easy layup. D'Lo had a great game. I mean, 27 points, 12 assists on 10 of 16. But that should not happen. Should not happen. Just, Matt, put yourself in Rudy Gobert's shoes. I am the defensive player of the year, tallest guy on this court. Wait, I need to go stop this guy from taking a three-pointer when we're up by two points. No. No, or up by one point. Like, no, Rudy, what are you doing? It was just sad. Defend the rim. Sad to see, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Timberwolves get an important win. Jazz slowly losing their hold on first in the West, Matt. What do you think? You think Utah can stay up there the rest of the way? I don't know, man. Uh, they're, what, 45 and 17, and uh, Phoenix is like 44 and 18. So there could be some movement there. Who knows? Clippers have 46 wins. Like, it's interesting, Matt. The top of the table in the West is tight, but it's almost set in stone at this point. Yeah, man. Just, just about set in stone. To Tuesday? Yeah. Milwaukee man. and Charlotte? Yeah. Big, big game? I mean, not a huge game. Uh, we could probably just talk about how Giannis is just still dominating with 29, 12, and 8. Um, I really like Miles Bridges, what he's been able to do for Charlotte since uh, Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball have gone down. The guy's been an absolute monster. They have no right to be the eighth seed right now, but he is one of the main reasons that has been keeping them up. Everybody looked at this Charlotte team when LaMelo went down and Hayward's been injured and was like, they're gone. They don't matter anymore. They're not relevant. Like, you know, great rookie of the year campaign, LaMelo. You've been doing really good. Hornets, you know, reload and come back next year. Nah, they're sticking around. They're still playing good games. And yeah, Bridges, man, been playing fantastic for this team. Yeah, man. I mean, not as good as Luka dropping 39-6-8 on <laughs> on Golden State, but hey, man, not many people are Luka, so. Luka magic, my dude. 39-6-8, like 4 for 10 from 3. You'll take those numbers, but he's going up against Steph Curry, who was 5 for 9 from 3. So he basically, being on a tougher situation, went shot for shot with Curry and uh, pulled out the W massively, so. Kudos to the Mavericks, who uh, hopefully can hold on to their sixth seed in the West. Yeah, man. Hold on tight. But you know what was a dope day of basketball? Yesterday, my friend. Yesterday was a fantastic day of basketball. Where do you want to start? There's so many good places. We may as well start with DeMar. Unfortunately, he took an L on this day. But, you know, when you're facing up against Butler and the Heat, who are really trying to stay relevant in the East right now. And Spolster getting his, I think it was 600th win for his career. Like, it's a tough one, you know? Yeah, man. You always say uh, DeMar is kind of like a light version of Jimmy Butler. Doesn't have the defense, but has the mid-range scoring. And it showed. It definitely showed in that game. Uh, Miami able to get out that win. San Antonio still holding on, though. I mean, hey. They're, these are two teams that are kind of 
you know, used to be a big deal five, ten years ago, right? And now they're they're sort of figuring their ways out. Obviously, Miami was in the finals just last season, although a lot of, you know, people will say that it is partially a fluke. So, you know, a game like this is really interesting to see them, excuse me, go back and forth, right? And right. he pull out the win, and, you know, they're, they get to keep climbing in the East, fortunately. Yeah, man. A uh, team that you thought could make some moves, the Clippers, they couldn't get past the Suns, man. Chris Paul getting those MVP chants last night. I mean, 10 of 15 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3 points, 28 points, 10 assists. And they take out the Clippers. Granted, Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that is always a big deal to make mention of. But hey, the Clippers, they clinched their first playoff spot in 11 years. I'm really proud of this Suns team. I still remember, you know, in the bubble last year, we were watching them. We watched them go 8-0 and... Afterwards, when we were going on to the rest of the playoffs, you and I had a conversation of, of is this going to be a blip or are they going to come back next season swinging? And I mean, you had Chris Paul. This is where you're going to end up, right? As a potential top seed in the West when you were basically irrelevant for 10 years. It's crazy, Matt. It's crazy. Absolutely insane. Almost as insane as Utah putting up 154 points against Sacramento without Conley and Mitchell. Just, what are they doing? I mean, they had eight players in double digits. I mean, it is the Sacramento Kings. You know, they did, I mean, oh no, Fox didn't play. Obviously, Marvin Bagley's still injured. You know, they're dealing with injuries, all of that jazz, but... (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm too funny. <laughs> it's just, it's unfortunate that the Kings are going to get slapped around when the Jazz, you know, they're coming off that loss against, you know, Minnesota. So they they were feeling upsetty. So yeah. it's going to happen, right? Man, definitely happens. But to get blown out like that, like 49 points, ooh, that hurts. And we'll probably go from the biggest blowout to the closest game, man. Denver, New Orleans. Nikola Jokic, my MVP, the guy who should be MVP, 32-7-8 with three steals and three blocks? This guy's a monster. He's a stud, Matt. This Nuggets team has been holding up since the Jamal injury. Aaron Gordon looks very, very comfortable on this team. And who knows, Matt? I still have a lot of faith in this Denver squad. Jokic, you said he's your MVP. I mean, I should have said he was the MVP over Luka way back at the beginning of the season, and then I would feel absolutely amazing about it. But, man, he's doing things that nobody would have ever imagined when he got drafted in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody expected this kind of production from that player. I remember when uh, Denver still had Nurkic. And they were trying to decide between Jokic and Nurkic. Oh, they made the right decision. <laughs> that they did. What a different world it could be, Matt. All right, is that it? Is that? Do we hit all the games? Is there anything that we're missing still? No, I mean, maybe the fact that LA hasn't been able to turn anything around with um, AD back in the lineup. They're still not doing too hot as of late. They just lost to the Wiz last night again. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, they're in a weird place. They're just waiting for the King to come back. But Matt, as long as they figure out their injury issues and they go into the playoffs healthy, like, I mean, could you believe that Lakers team going all the way from any position in the table 
it just might be a lot harder depending on where you end up. Yeah, man. But I don't like what I'm seeing from AD. That's my biggest issue with the team. Guy doesn't have that. Yeah, he's not a true superstar. It was funny. I saw a (sighs) meme the other day that was like, who would you want to lead your team? AD or um, Luca? And the caption goes, AD literally walked away from leading a team. Yep. I want Luca. Give me Luca. That's definitely an interesting thought to think about, Matt. You know, and we haven't really seen AD since he's joined this Lakers squad be the man without LeBron there. Because he had his moments last year in the playoffs where he was the man. But at the same time, he had LeBron there to hold him up. So it'll be really interesting to see what this team can do. Obviously, he may still be partially injured and that might be affecting him. But this Lakers team has to figure some things out or they are going to slide. Slide they will. Slide like hopefully my Raptors will. Because one in two weeks, we call that respectable tanking. Uh, hey. <laughs> man, I want to get Cade so bad. Pretty tough week, though, for our Raptors. They did get the dub against Cleveland, but lost against both uh, New York teams. Which one would you want to start with? Well, I fully sat down and watched the Knicks game. So I want to talk about that one first, because I haven't really gotten to watch a lot of games recently. And I really enjoyed that game, Matt. Like, the first three quarters was a great back and forth. You know, OG was being assertive. Siakam was playing great. Van Vliet was hitting shots. And then we just blew it in the fourth, you know? 20 to 32 in points. Like, I mean, Julius Randle was playing amazing. RJ Barrett had a great game. D. Rose put up 19 points with seven assists. The big thing, Matt, it's a simple. We got out-rebounded in that game, 33 to 44. If you look at our team and you look at what Kem Birch and the other centers and what Gillespie has been doing, the games we win are when we win the rebounding game. And if you go to the fall, you go to Monday against the Cavs, we only won 40 to 37, but we won the game. So it's painful to see these type of statistics, Matt, when it's so obvious. And I'm glad that we figured it out. It just took way too long. And because of it, we're going to be in the lottery. Yeah, man. Hopefully we're in the lottery. I mean, Kyle Lowry going 0 of 8 from deep isn't also a good sign for us. But you're right, man. OG and Anobi, he started to figure it out. Uh, Guy scored 20-plus points for five straight games, but it was the first time that he ever did it for four or more in a stretch of his career. Hopefully he can keep it going. Hopefully he never dips below 20 points again, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's realistic. <laughs> My fantasy team would appreciate that for sure. Especially where you drafted him, buddy. Oh, man. It's okay. I'm beating I'm beating uh, Shane right now. I'm up by a little bit. So hopefully I'll be there to face you next week in the finals. Yeah, because I'm killing Lando. Yeah, I, I would fully expect you to absolutely dominate Lando. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Had a tough loss last night, though, unfortunately, to the, to the Nats, eh? It was definitely tough. That 16-2 run that they went on in the fourth quarter. And just looking at the box score, you know, with, like, so many of their players... Green, Shamit, uh, Harris, Griffin, Durant, all in double figures or double digits with Kyrie 9, 6, and 4 basically in double digits. Like, you know, it was a tough loss to a tough team. The Nets, they clinched their playoffs with this game. And I hate to say it, Matt, but this is what is going to happen to us if we make the playoffs. That was this, this game right here was an example of what our future would be if we end up making it and having to face the Nets. Unfortunate as it is. So you know what, man? Let's just tank because that kid, Cade Cunningham, looks awesome. So does Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs. I mean, there's some talent in this draft that we could definitely use to adding our team. There's a lot of good 
in the first 10 players. You know what I mean? Even in the first 15, in this lottery, there is some good talent. And who knows, right? We may be looking at a Tyrese Halliburton situation. But, Matt, I do have to roll back to that Monday night game against the Cavs and that Kevin Love moment because that was probably the worst (laughs) play I've seen in basketball in a long time. And, like, I feel so bad for Kevin Love. Obviously, like, he got his money and is stuck with this team and is in a situation. But, man, he was so frustrated and just smacking that ball back and Flynn getting the ball and going up for an easy three. Like, chef's kiss for Raptors fans. But, oh, Kevin Love, what are you doing, man? Oh, man. It's what happens when you get drafted by Minnesota and they waste the prime years of your career. It's exactly what happens. This poor man, he was a machine in Minnesota, man. 26 and 12 on the night and uh, can't, can't seem to do it anymore. He's gotten a little bit old. The team just around him is, is very poor. Gotta feel bad for the guy. Apparently him and the organization have come to some agreement. They're moving on from him. Who knows what that means? Because nobody's going to trade for Kevin Love. Nobody wants that contract. But yeah, uh, yeah. tough situation. We had some tough games, but at least we got that win against the Cavs. Respectable tanking. Exactly. Respectable tanking. I want to say congratulations to Freddie Gillespie. He's got his two-year non-guaranteed contract. He's been looking great. Matt, he was in an interview. Um like six days ago and they were asking him about the Raptors rotations and he was like he was looking at me he was like can I talk about like is it, can I talk about this and he's like sorry I'm not gonna say anything I, I'm new here and I want to get in good I can't be talking about our rotations so funny I love this kid Matt hey man gotta love what the attitude that he brings and the effort that he brings on a nightly basis him and Ken Birch have been great at late season additions I say I said this before if we had them from the beginning of the season I think we'd be in the playoff hunt, if not right in the mix. So I don't know if that's great because it's still purgatory, and I'd love to add a add a high-end draft pick to this roster to blossom next to OG Pascal because even Freddie's looked off, man. I mean, uh, I don't like to talk about Freddie a lot because I'm either going to say something really nice or really mean about him because that's just how I feel like his game goes. But, yeah, we're in a weird place. I'm interested to see what happens with Kem Birch. I hope he gets to stick around because he's been great. His rebounding numbers have been fantastic. I mean, Kyle has loved feeding him the ball. So, you know, if if we could go into next season, get a top 10 draft pick, roll this team back, be in Toronto, not have injuries, like, it's a whole different ball game, my dude. It's how you go from uh, being bad to being competitive. Just that one season of ill-fated events which was this season and then hopefully next season everything goes right who knows Mm -hmm. all right so we got 10 games left on the season matt this next week we've got tonight against the nuggets we've got saturday against the jazz sunday against the lakers and tuesday against the clippers oh four let's go (laughs) exactly right we have a tough week now matt here's the scary thing if we go 4-0 this week we might be able to run the gauntlet and make it in, but zero chance. These teams? No way, unless the basketball gods absolutely shine down on us. Would it be hopefully shining? Hopefully this time, uh, well, <laughs> might be cursing. Who knows? It might be, right? But yeah, hopefully this time next week, we'll be talking about who we're going to be drafting and getting excited about the future of Raps basketball. Hopefully we don't run the table this week. Hopefully we go 0-4 and fall down the the playoff ladder. Um, Again, I'm going to talk about Cade Cunningham because I want him on our Raptors. I want him. He's a stud, Matt, along with 
a bunch of other potential prospects in that draft. So, yeah, hopefully we're coming into that draft. Matt, is it predictions time? Talk to me. What do you think is going to be happening in the future? Well, man, I'm going to go to the NHL this week. I said last week that I think Montreal will probably make the final playoff spot. I still think they will, but they don't deserve it. But my mystic prediction is that they miss it, that Vancouver figures it out or Calgary figures it out, and Montreal can't string together a win over their last seven or eight games, and they're out. So that's what I'm calling. Montreal misses. Oof. That'll be, like, happy and sad for you, I guess, considering where you were at the beginning of the year and how pumped you were going to be for this season. Uh, it's awesome over. It's, gonna be. it's yeah, over. Whatever. <laughs> I'm over it. It's okay, man. At least, at least, you know, uh, I was going to say, hopefully the raps would be good for you, but that didn't happen. But well, hey, hopefully, hopefully Toronto won't win and go all the way and get the cup and then you'll be extra, extra sad. But no, I will. I, I'm going to stop talking. I'm being mean to you. Okay. Yeah, so you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm My sorry. nightmare. Okay. <laughs> Pure nightmare sequence. Okay. So for me, I'm loving what I see out of Phoenix. I'm loving this Suns team. I was really high on the Jazz, and I was talking them up all season long. I'm going to flip now. I think the Suns are coming. I think they're going to take the top seed in the West, Matt, and I can't wait to see it happen. Oh, man. Spicy. They might. It would be It would be so unpredictable. It would be so, like, nobody at the beginning of the season would have said Suns are going to be the top. In the same way that nobody predicted the Thunder to be a relevant team last year. It's just CP3 doing CP3 things, so I'm yeah. hoping, my man. Yeah, I can't believe that guy never had an MVP. He's so good at basketball. It's a shame, for sure. But that's when you only get one award for the best player, there's there's going to be moments like that left and right. Yeah, where a Hall of Fame career goes unrewarded. Because he's definitely getting into the Hall. I mean, if he doesn't, then it's a dang shame, that's for sure. <laughs> be a joke. <laughs> All right, anything else, Matt? No, nah, man, you can wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sport. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.